Hey everybody, this is Eric Frankhouse from Eric Frankhouse Presents. We are here for episode 39, Learning the GM Part 2. Back in episode 30, I did a basic on Learning the GM, and I felt that some time has passed, and now I've been doing a lot more teaching and training of new players and GMs, I should probably give a little more info. So, here we are. This is what we're doing today. So let's roll, um, and uh, let's talk about the course topics. I think that's the right word. All right, so here are our topics today, and we'll break down. We're going to be doing picking your game, choosing your adventure, deciding on your players and who they should be, the dreaded session zero, doing your damn homework, prep for your campaign or one shot, and then we'll move into the GM box, an idea of how I collect my stuff for a campaign. And we'll do the also, as always, closing. Now, before I dive into these topics, I just want to quickly say thank you to everybody who's been listening to this podcast and sharing it out. And if you haven't, please do so. The more people we have on, the more guests I can have on the show. And I really kind of want to move into a every other week format of a how-to and then an interview on the following week. That's something I can maintain. I would love to do that. And thank you to my patrons for supporting me and creative content and the things that I make. If you haven't found that, you can go over to Eric Frankhouse Presents on Patreon and you can see the stuff that's coming out. I'm, I am doing a giveaway right now. If you are to go on Facebook and find Eric Frankhouse Presents, like and subscribe and tell me a topic you would like me to talk about. I'm going to be doing a giveaway at the end of June for the first three Plotted Adventures. Plotted Adventures are an audio guided format for a GM to prepare for a game with as little as work as possible. It's my style. I, I like it to be simple and flexible. But enough of that shit. Let's dive into picking your game. Starts here. It all starts with the idea of picking your game. And there's a lot of different thought processes on what you should do to pick your game. So let's kind of do a quick run over of some of the different styles of making this decision. First off, there's always the... What you know. If you've played D&D in the past, you want to play it again because you're comfortable with it. Uh, and, and you've maybe GM'd like a couple sessions. Again, this is aimed towards new GMs, but veteran GMs can get this uh, information and do what they'd like with it. So maybe you do what you know already. Or maybe there's an IP that you love that there's a tabletop RPG for, such as The Witcher or Go Way Back and play Stargate. There's Star Trek and Star Wars and all these IPs that you can lean into. I've talked about leaning into IPs in the past in other episodes. Maybe you're doing that because the the content of the intellectual property is comfortable to you. It's something you love and know. And it lets, uh, it lets the idea of creating become a little simpler and you can just worry about the rules. Maybe there's a Twitch stream game that you really like and you want to run it as a, as a RPG with your friends. Maybe you're a fan of Critical Role or Order the Chain and you want to do your spin on what they're doing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's freeform. And honestly, the people who run those two Twitch streams would be proud of you doing something awesome with what they do. Maybe it's not a Twitch stream game. Maybe, just maybe, your family used to play something or your grandfather or uncle or relative used to run you in the game and you're picking up the torch to continue doing so. Run that. You grew up in it. 
you're comfortable with it. And then there's always the classics. Maybe you're a fan of the old Face Ripper system for Marvel, or you've heard it talked about so many times, and you want to give it a shot. Pretty easy. Charts are on the back of the book. Those classics are everywhere, and information on them is everywhere as well. Don't be afraid to ask questions. So when you go to pick your game, pick something, one, that you're comfortable with or can learn in a, in a short matter or be comfortable with some cheat sheets. Two, you enjoy the intellectual property that you are either cutting from and playing or your own or a family members. Be comfortable with that. And three, make sure it's fun and be transparent with yourself, not only your group, on how long you're going to run it so that you have an exit strategy if needed. We'll get into that here when we talk about deciding on players. Speaking of picking your players and, and being comfortable with stuff and trying to find information online, I'm going to do a quick sponsor here from Anchor. They pay us to put these on here, but I only pick the ones that I like, and I love this product. I'm going to guess it's either going to be for Anchor or for Flipbook for your phone, which is an app for navigating things. And uh, you know what? I'll let me explain it better in the ad. So how do you choose your adventure? And I don't just mean like this single adventure, but this is the step where you take ideas and then turn them into something that you can hand over to your players. The idea is, are, are you going to run something for you alone? Because if so, go play a video game. Storytelling and gaming at a table is about telling a tale together while you lead and guide Really, they are the stars of the show, and you should be helping them create memorable moments and memories they talk about later. So, with that said, when you're choosing an adventure, are you going to do a published adventure? Something that's a single off, a one-shot. Every system has these. Shadows of the Demon Lord, D&D, 1st through 5th, you name it. They have one-shots. A lot of times they're created for conventions. It's a jump in, here's the history, let's get started. Let's go out. And there's a lot of great videos on running one-shots on YouTube. Um, and probably podcasts as well. None that I can think of offhand. So maybe I should do a one-shot episode. And then there's always the custom adventure. You have something in your heart of hearts that you want to run. And you have a great idea, or what you think is a great idea, from things you've seen in history or whatever. And you want to take that and put it at the table. Then there's that, what we talked about in the last segment, based on IP or media. Maybe you loved Aliens and you wanted to do this dark, gritty sci-fi thing. Maybe it's using the new Grimmer Space that's coming out, using Starfinder. Or you just saw Avengers Endgame and you wanted to run a heroic game. Maybe you're going to pick up Marvel Heroics and you have an idea for what's going on with the other heroes, why they're not there, why Captain Marvel is off on the other planets. Maybe you're going to run that. And then maybe that's your, your one shot. Or maybe it's a short campaign arc. But decide on what you want to run and get an idea of how long you want to run it for. I recommend one session or three. One session if you're not sure and they're all new. Three if it's something you want to run and at the end you can take a vote or it gives you the ability to bounce if it's not the right group for you. Maybe only a few players are good. And speaking of which, let's talk about players. So this is a difficult piece for, not actually to do, but for a GM to wrap their head around, the idea of gaming has changed a lot over the years, and deciding on players is part of it. There are so many people now playing, and a lot of us have been locked in groups of players for years and years that are close friends, but maybe you don't really enjoy the people you're playing with, or 
Maybe you really want people who like the same IP as you playing. We've all had that game we've wanted to run where like, hey, I'm going to run Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles using Marvel Heroics. Who's in? And two of your five say yes. This is one of those moments as a new GM you're going to encounter, and especially with new players. So you get to make some decisions. And here's the checklist I use as I'm deciding on players I want to run and how to find them or who to select out of my pool of players. Uh, you'll get a pool of players too the more more you run games. I recommend running for a lot of people. It will make you a better GM. Not at once, just different people. So is it a one-shot? Are you doing this for a convention, for your local gaming store, for a gaming bar? Are you running it once? If so, you're not going to get to pick your players. And instead, you should make the characters the players are going to play. You know, stop those Wolverines from showing up everywhere. Solo people who think they can do everything but are angsty and annoying. Yeah, you don't want those in a one-shot. So make characters, or go find a great online site to generate some and make some stories. Um, really easy to do. Severed Books has a new Kickstarter coming out right now. I think it's going to deliver in June, and you can pre-order. And on that, uh, you he has a sliding drop table, 3D6. You drop the dice in the spine of the book, and the way that the dice face, you make character backgrounds. and Actually, party backgrounds. I think it's called party creation backgrounds. Something along those lines. Severed Books. Fantastic idea. Something like that would be a good way to make your characters for a one-shot. Then maybe that's not what you're doing. Maybe, maybe it's building a new group. Maybe you are brand new or want to build a group for a new game because your other players aren't interested. You decided once a month or whatever you've decided, you're going to run this game you really want to run. Find people who are interested in that. Choose players based on the IP or on the game you want to run. We have social media. Put a call out. Uh, there's Discord channels, Facebook groups. Go to your you know, brick-and-mortar store, pin up a thing on the board, and say it's a one-time session, we're meeting once, and then after that time, I'm going to run a couple more one-shots, and then I'm going to pick a group out of the people I've ran. I think this would be a great idea. And honestly, that's how I've done it. I ran, Jesus, a dozen, and then picked myself a group. You're better off taking the time to run a bunch of one-shots and build a new group from the people you enjoy, and you can kind of see personalities and see if they'll get along. Or maybe this is an online game. Online makes things hella easy. You run the game and you turn off your computer, you know, or walk away from the screen. And you can leave your emotions behind or problems behind. Take notes. People don't see you. Hell, you can just wear underwear. Yeah, okay, I do that most of the times. It's hot in here. It's definitely hot in this booth right now. Online games are easier to run. And a lot of the online virtual tabletop systems, uh, Roll20, Fantasy Grounds, and so on, have ways to find groups. Post up see what you get. Have maybe one or two friend ringers or people who are interested locally that you can talk to. Is this an in-person game? Whew. That's uh, Those are the best or the worst. And you're probably wondering why I'm saying that. It's the best because, well, it's in person and there's nothing like playing a game in person. It's the worst because you have to deal with Fallout in person. And if you're bad at that, um, this might be harder for you. So pick and choose wisely. Maybe this is uh, set at the end of a session. So, for example, um, maybe you've had some people leave and you got to find a new player for something you've been running for a little while. Make sure they fit. Uh, give them a background to fit into what's going on. Don't let them come in blindly because then you're just a dick. So, those are the ideas on finding players. And there's two other points I have on this. One, running one session gives you an exit strategy or the option to renew like a season on a TV show. Except it's a pilot episode. Think about it. You run it, it goes well, but maybe there's two players out of you don't like. You ran a one-shot. And then you, you 
contact those people again and say, hey, I really enjoyed playing with you. Do you guys want to come play again? If that one person that you didn't invite or two people you invite don't, uh, or they find out about it and they're upset, you just be honest with them. Like, I'm looking for a certain style of play. You're a fun gamer and uh, I'll keep you in mind for other games that I run. That's it. That's all you have to do. You're honest. You're not out to hurt feelings and you're keeping them in your heart of hearts. That's coming for me. Like, necessary evil. Like, trust me, it works. And I mean that because usually I don't get feeling about stuff. But I think it's important, all joking aside, to be honest with the people you're gaming with and then to help push them towards continue gaming. Maybe finding a different group. Maybe you know another GM. Maybe they were, you know, a wargaming guy and you're more of an RPer. But you may know a wargaming GM or might meet one. Keep that list of people in mind. Last, be transparent with yourself and them. It's one session. Afterwards, we're going to do a renewal. Some people might come back. Some might not. It just depends on how everyone plays together. I really want to have fun with this. Now, let's talk about the next part. Are you looking for a sci-fi game of darkness and grimness? Are you looking for no magic, a low magic in your sci-fi settings? If so, check out Grimmer Space, already funded on Kickstarter and Starfinder compatible. If you're looking for the idea of the darkness in the void of space, surrounded by mechanical monstrosities and horrors that bump in that star field, this is the campaign setting for you. Created by Lou Agresta and Roan Botton. There are so many things to buy, you might just get lost amongst the stars. Do we mention that Sean Astin is also doing creative direction for Grimma Space? Check out Kickstarter at Iron GM Games. Grimma Space, where darkness consumes all. Alright, you've done your homework, you've picked your players, you chose your adventure, now you need to be ready for session zero. This is two parts for me. First, before you even hit the table virtual reel, you need to sit down and put together a one sheet, or I call them scream sheets from Cyberpunk days, for your players to look at to know what your campaign's about. A one blurb about the session, a paragraph, nothing more. Things that are allowed or disallowed, and make sure they know it's to help fit the theme and feel. And then, after that, maybe look at, if this is going to be long-term, you've already played these people and you trust them, using my idea of defining moments, you can find that episode. Or, you can have a kit ready for them. Character sheet, pre-gen, some blank spots, dice and pencil you set on the table... And you tell them, listen, we're going to go through these characters together, and you can add the things that you like and make some choices. If not, and you're going to be creating this stuff as a group, here's what I recommend you do. One, print your damn character sheets. Don't wait to do it. I just did this like an idiot the other week. Have them printed. Have them ready to go. Have dice, extra ones in case they don't have them, pencils at the table, and get yourself some cheat sheets for not only character creation, but how the rules of the game work. It'll help you in the character creation process. If it's a one-shot, Really easy. Shouldn't be hard for you to do. If this is going to be a one to three episode or an ongoing campaign because you found your group, I highly recommend doing a little backstory work together and keep them open-ended. 
There is something called backstory cards. That's one of my favorite things. You can find those. Those are great. Do one round, two rounds if you're comfortable. And this will tie people together. If you've ever played Fiasco, it kind of feels like that for tying your players together, but not negative. You know, it's more like we spent time as guards in a guard booth on the same road for 10 years. What did we share together? A lot of things can come from that. Answer it. Don't answer it. Answer it in the moment of the game, whatever it may be. Make sure you delegate people bringing snacks. So the old way of gaming, a lot of people just showed up and expected the GM to do anything and everything. And the newer versions of gaming, I and I love this, people start doing things like bringing cookies, bringing snacks, bringing, you know, drinks, whatever it is for your group. Beer, not beer. I mean, my group's beer. God, I hope they start bringing beer. Whatever it is you bring, bring some stuff. Everyone kind of pitch in, put their skin in the game. Really easy. They can stop on the way and get something. Think about them making their, you know, characters as a group. I think this really helps new players learn the rules together because always somebody knows the rules better than the person next to them. And it also allows them to get ideas together and bounce off each other. Session zero, I think, is one of the best things you can do for a game. I, I, I highly believe that. So think about looking over session zero as a group getting to know each other, building characters together, and then to think about the ways in which rules can be used, RP can be used, and backgrounds can be shared. But session zero is important. You have prep before to do and then stuff to do during. And I think the most important part of session zero is take damn notes. Too many GMs don't take notes. And players, you should take them too if you're listening to this and thinking about being a GM. Take notes. Index card. Book it. And we'll talk about my GM box at the end. But I believe taking notes during the session helps you for the next two parts. Do your homework. Yeah, no one wants to hear that. But it's important as a GM, you need to know the baseline of the rules and how they work. You don't need to know every class feature, everything that circles. You need to know how to run the game. You need to know your side of the screen. If it's D&D, saving throws, DCs and how they scale. You should know monsters and how they function and how to handle damaging players and so on and so forth. Advantage and disadvantage. If you're running other games, same thing. Know your system. You don't have to know it inside and out. You just need to know the core mechanics. And then you need to know the stuff that's important to the adventure you're going to run. I can't say this enough. And I know you can't prep for everything. But if one of your scenes is underwater, maybe you should know the water combat rules. If one of your scenes is uh, space combat, Read the space combat chapter. You got a week between sessions or more. This isn't hard to do, but just do your homework. And this will allow you to do something that's even more important. Tie the adventure and the rules and your player characters who just made their characters all together. And allows you to do the most important step coming up. Prep for session one. Time. It's time to prep for session one. Or your campaign. Um, we'll kind of glaze over both here as we go through so look at your players backgrounds and see how you can tie them into the adventure have it be published or what you're making find little areas where someone can know who they are or maybe there's a shop in town that's their favorite or uh their combat or something happened in the past happened on this street or on this road try to tie things together you know replace moments in those published campaigns with things that your players have talked about remember those backstory cards i talked about should have those noted, and then you can read through them before you start designing your adventure, or pick one to design your adventure around, and do it. 
class and system mechanics to challenge or use. If this is a one-shot, highlight a piece of the game you love. Magic, chase scenes, combat, initiative. Whatever it is you like about the system you're about to run, highlight that in your one-shot. As a campaign, do something new each episode, or maybe every other, to learn new rules. If you're running Star Wars, do lightsaber combat one time in dueling, and then the next time do space combat. Vary it up. Make your players happy, and then take notes on what they enjoyed the most. You know how you do that? You ask them what they liked. As long as you take it well, they usually will give you the honest answer. At least some of them will. Know the core system. We talked about doing your homework, but I'm repeating it here. Know the core system. And then build as good of a group slash one shot um, a cheat sheet as you can. So things that your players have, make note. Things that are part of the system, make note. I find writing my own cheat sheet does better than a GM screen. You can still have the GM screen there to hide your stuff. But you then are writing down the things you need to remember that maybe you found interesting. And you know where it is in your note sheet because you fucking wrote it. You only have to do this once, really. Or if you're doing a new rule, like space combat, make a little sheet for that as well. Make a party sheet with the info. If you're doing a lot of checks and it's RP, know what each player knows. So you can just feed them information if they have a high enough check without making them roll. And then you don't run into this scenario. Well, I mean, does anyone have knowledge uh, on history? Oh, I do. Me too. Yeah, me too. All right. I guess you all can roll. Uh, None of us made it. Oh, can I make it untrained? This is a common problem. If somebody has history, you can do this. Oh, yeah. It looks like uh, Zach has knowledge history. Uh, So, if you, Zach, if you'd like to have um, Henry make his check on history, you think you might have heard about this before. See how you just bypassed everyone having player agency of saying, ooh, I want to roll. This allows you to really leave it to one person. If someone then goes, can I aid him? Well, it depends if anyone's around. I'm using 5e as an example because it's the most common, but all systems have something like this. And then the most important thing I can say is design moments, set pieces, not a railroad. Don't design a story that goes from point A to point B and expect your players to follow it because they don't do it. I mean, (laughs) I've had a labyrinth set up inside of this spaceship for our dark matter game for three sessions and they're just now getting in because they did a hundred other things first that's cool as shit i don't care but i had all the set pieces ready in case they went to other places you know why because i'm a good gm have set pieces ready those can be things like a random encounter of bounty hunters or orcs that travel through this vicinity if they camp and you want to get them back on track or oh yeah they're in space i don't want to attack them anywhere but there is a black box of the beacon I can use that to draw them to a location where other people might be. These things are important. Design moments. Design cool moments. Terrain, spells, whatever it is that highlights and catches your fancy and your players. Design moments. Not a railroad. Railroads are not creative. That's all I have to say about that. GM box. I'm just going to quickly talk about this because I did a little video on it you can find on my Facebook. I'll share it over my Patreon as well this afternoon or tomorrow. The GM box is what I use once I'm prepping my campaign. Not to start, but once I start doing the prep. I use a notebook always, and I combine it with an index box. Those black ones that you get with the little brass rivets that you cardboard and you snap them together. And I sticker it and all that shit for the campaign that I'm running. Or the system. I think 5e has its own box, and I have three systems in it. I get a bunch of index cards, white, and then tabbed colored tops. 
I get some divider cards to divide off the campaigns or sessions or whatever I need to do. Or you can just cut an index card in half to make it taller. It's really easy. And then I use this for how I plan my sessions. I take a stack of cards out. Each color has its own thing. Um, and then I make like NPCs on them. I make events. I make traps that might be in the area. I make important things and I make secrets. I think everything should have a secret because that's the things, the information that players pull out when they make checks or do things successfully. Those are important, right? I put these all in a box and I have them all in one spot. And inside that I have other things that help me organize. Like maybe there's a pen in there, small set of dice, um, or I have, I have this ring with a bunch of little tiny cards on it. And they're really small. They're like a quarter or a third of the size of an index card. And I write magical information on them, magical item information or other information on it and so on. And then I put it all together and that's my box and I have it. And the journal's just about the same size and I can flip it flat on top inside, have everything in one, one section. Now you're wondering, why do I use index cards? Well, so for example, if an NPC shows up in session one and then he shows up again in session three, I unclip him from session one and put him in session three. It's easy. And I have three cards in the beginning, all clipped together with one of those clips over top. And those are my index for the index cards. And they talk about what each card means and what happened in those sessions. I can quickly pull things up and I just write the names down. And I do that after the session's over. I do a little housekeeping when everyone leaves. Take like 10 minutes. That's it. Wind down. Good to go. So if you want to see more about the campaign box, like I said, I'll put it on, it's on Facebook. I just shared it again today. Um, today is May 31st, 2019. And I'll put it on my Patreon again, probably tomorrow morning with another post I have going up. That's episode 39 in the books, GMing part two. And if you liked this and you haven't downloaded Anchor, do so. Download it and uh, call into the show and I'll put you on. We'll talk information. Or you can find me on any social media under Eric Frankhouse or Eric Frankhouse Presents. My last name's pretty unique. I mean, the only other person on it is going to find is uh, my mom or my brother. So look me up there. My Patreon is also Eric Frankhouse Presents. If you're looking for a designer, consulting on design or marketing or branding, or you need a cartographer, you can find my portfolio online again under the same name. Feel free to contact me and we can talk about what I can do for you. So that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. A lot of content here to unpack, but uh, I hope it helps. I know as a new GM, I didn't have a lot of guidance. And I love we're in a time frame where I can help people be better at their craft, at their hobby, and what they do. Remember to have fun and then make it fun for your players. And this is a community event. This is a group. This is not a solo show. So those shows are called stand-up comedy, but you still have to make people laugh. That's it from me. Till next time, everybody. Watch, listen, learn. Be a better gamer, all. <laughs>